Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Through this podcast, we hope to challenge and equip you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus and in living and loving like Him. Time is our most valuable commodity, our most precious resource. As we begin a new year, let's dive deep into the principles necessary to make the most of the time we are given and learn to steward it well. Good morning, church. Happy New Year. Um, all right, so uh, we are six days in. And some of you are like, yep, it's already a bad year. Isn't it funny how, like, I mean, you could just, all you had to do was look at social media on uh, the 31st or the 1st, and there's so much hope on that day. Like, uh, it's a new, new year, new me. Uh, you got all these plans and all these hopes and all these dreams about how this year is going to be different. And like, all of us have that for about 24 hours. Or maybe about two months. Like, I've already seen it. You know what? You can tell the New Year's resolutioners in the gym. And I'm like, I'm ready for February to come, so y'all be out of my way. I mean, I'm glad you're here, and, and I got a buddy that owns a gym. Keep paying those membership dues, but just go home. I mean, it's okay. Um, but you know what? Here is six days in now, and it's funny how, like, so, some people in the room, some people sitting around you in the last six days have already had to walk through something that is going to drastically shape the year ahead. Uh, it's crazy, man. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, it started off last weekend. I started getting phone calls. Um, and as a pastor, you, you get put in a position where sometimes you have to walk people through really, really difficult things. Um, I f- the, the, the weight of 1,500 people is on the shoulders of, of, of your pastors. And, and people who, who had all these hopes and dreams for a new year, but already in just like six days in, people have died. And things have happened, and dreams have, have come crashing down. And it's like, um, all right, and now, and now I get to stand before you and try to preach something, knowing that like every, every ear that my voice is falling on in this moment is facing something that's going to make what I'm about to preach really easy or really hard. And when we start off a new year as a church, I feel like we, what we talk about first matters. First things matter. Come on. Like, first things matter. Do you, do you realize, like, all throughout Scripture, you, you see this concept of the power of firsts. Like, first things matter. The first, even the first things in your life, we, we celebrate firsts. I mean, the, the first word a child says, get celebrated. Oh, he said, give back up, you could do. You're like, that ain't even a word, bro. Yeah, it is. I mean, like, like first steps, like, you know, you have that moment of when you watch your child take their first steps, the first time, like, like the first time you experience firsts really matter. But I think that's a, a spiritual principle that we see all throughout the Bible where God talks about, you know, the, the, the first moments of your day matter. I hear people, like, like we I always challenge our, our team and our staff, like, like the first, before your feet hit the bed in the morning, you need to acknowledge God. Like when your alarm goes off, and after you've hit snooze 74 times, 
Like before your feet hit the bed, you need to acknowledge God. Oh, I'm not a morning person. It don't matter. You're a person. And like first things matter. And so like when we start a new year and, and, and we start a new series, like I really, really prayerfully consider like what we need to talk about as a church in the first series of a new year. Because I feel like this shapes the year. I feel that responsibility. Like, like we have to talk about a subject or, or a thing that, that, that matters. And when we started walking towards 2019 and just spending a lot of time praying about what we would do as we started off this year and the series that God had put on our hearts to teach, because we believe what happens in this room matters. We believe that you need what happens in this room. We believe that you need to be in church, not because of anything that we are, but because you need to get away from the world, come into a room, disconnect from everything, and listen to God. Amen. And I felt like God calling me to teach on the subject that's quite obvious in the room today. And what's weird is uh, we, we did a series called Time in 2017. And so far in the, in the short history of our church, we've never repeated a series. But as we started moving towards 2019, and I'm sitting, and I'm, I'm journaling, I'm praying, I'm asking God, like, all right, God, what, what direction do you want us to go? I felt God kind of lean in my heart. To, he, said, he said, lean into what you've learned. I wrote that in my journal, lean into what you've learned. And like I wrestled with, like, what, what does that mean? Lean into what you've learned. I felt like saying, Matt, like, you don't need to learn something new you need to better apply what you've already been taught. I'm glad that 2% of y'all with me. We're going to have a good year. Like, sometimes it's always like, God, teach me something new. Teach me something new. You ever been in that place? Like, God, and I believe God's always trying to teach us new things. But there's times in our lives God's like, you need to better apply what you've already learned. You don't need, to, you don't need something new. You need to take what I've already shown you, what I've already taught you, what has already been written, and just better apply it. Because when God teaches us something, it's not like you would just learn it and then we move on. And that's kind of how, how we go. And especially this subject. Like what God's Word says about time is important. Because time is by far our most precious commodity. Time is your most valuable resource. It is your most valuable asset. Your time, there's nothing more important in your life than time. Come on. And you know what's funny is it takes so many of us something really drastic to understand that. Like I said, I, I've sat with people. I've been in the room as people have taken their last breath. Yesterday, I took part in a funeral five days into the year, and I'm having to speak over the life of a man that no one thought would be gone when this day came. And every single moment, I've never been on somebody on the deathbed, and, and, and they say, oh, I wish I could have made more money. Every single time without fail. It's like, I wish I would have had more time. I wish I'd have spent more time with my kids. I wish time is the, or I hear people that have lost somebody, I just wish we'd have had more time. Time, this precious resource, and it's something that like, like, when you're young, it can't go fast enough, and when you're old, it can't slow down. 
And that's the weird thing about time. You can't speed it up and you can't slow it down. It is what it is. Every day has the same amount. Never, God's not going to come back and say, I'm going to give you all 25 instead of 24 hours a day. And you know what's crazy? You would think in, in, the, in the culture in which we live, we'd be more cognizant of time than ever because it's all around us. Like you can't get away from it. Every one of you are holding or have something in your pocket that can constantly remind you of what your time is, your phone. You remember back in the days when, when like, uh, like you either wore a watch or you didn't know what a time it was. Unless you were like military grade and you could look at the sun and be like, oh, it's 1230. You know, y'all remember the days of even walking up somebody, you found somebody with a watch. You'd be like, oh, he has on a watch. Go see what time it is. I'm really talking about how old I am in the moment, right? Because y'all look at me like, what? I mean, and, and just think about there was a time when like this is how people tell, told time. Now, some of y'all see this. You just automatically start seeing the days of our lives theme. Because y'all watch the stories with your grandma growing up. Come on. But, you know, I've always been fascinated by hourglasses. Because I think when, when, when I see this, it reminds me of, like, the reality of time more than ever. When you just look at a digital clock or a digital watch or something like that, you don't, you don't see time. But when you, when you see an hourglass and you watch the grains of sand quickly or slowly pouring out, you're reminded that, like, okay, you, 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 can, you can see it, can't you? Like, like anybody ever have an, an hourglass? And No, y'all don't own hourglasses because it's 2019. But, but like, it's, it's a reminder. Like, you can just see, like, this in the bottom. I don't know if you can see it because this is, this is smaller than it looked like on Amazon. And uh, it, <laughs> but the grains are just pouring out. And you can even begin to see, and I will leave it up here, like, Slowly and slowly and slowly, the sand begins to run out. And you can, with your eyes, you can visually see how much is left and how much is not. And unfortunately, life isn't like that, is it? That's what's crazy is that you stand here today, and I'm not trying to be morbid, I'm just trying to be real, okay? You with me, amen? Like, you don't know how much sand is left in your hourglass. Like, it's been pouring out and pouring out and pouring out since the day you were born. And you don't know if there's a lot or a little left. I think of the family who I was with yesterday. They had no idea a week ago that there was very little sand left in that hourglass. And then it was gone. And I feel like we just get to this point where so many of us aren't valuing time the way we need to. And that if we're going to make 2019 the year that it needs to be, your year will be dependent on how you use your time. Come on. Because isn't that what essentially a year is made up of moments in time? And the reality is, the, you, might, you might need to write this down. The way you leverage your time determines the legacy of your life. The way you leverage your time determines the legacy of your life. More than how you spend your money, or like how you spend time, how you steward time. What you do with time is shaping the legacy of your life. And there's a man in Scripture that got this, that understood it, that picked it up. And he wrote about it in Psalm 
90. Grab your Bibles or pull open the vintage app, Psalm 90. I'm going to pick up with verse 9. I encourage you to read the entire psalm, but Psalm 90. And, and when you think of psalm, you most often think uh, psalms of David, right? Like we, we just assume that pretty much every psalm was written by David, and, and many and most of them were. A lot of them were. But this particular psalm was written by a guy that you're as equally familiar with, a guy named Moses. And Moses is at this point where he is, is reflecting on time. And if you open up the, the first part of this psalm, he's talking about, like, God, time is something that you've never been limited to. Like, before the earth, before the mountains, like, like, like time is nothing, is never confined you. But for us, it's different. And he writes in Psalm 90, verse 9, All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Anybody feel like, like, how'd you finish 2018? Ugh. Like, I just see that imagery, man. Like, like, you finish the year with a moan. Like, Happy New Year. It's like, that, like that's, like, I can relate, Moses. Like, yeah, it's like all our days just rush by. And we finish our years with a moan. Verse 10. It says, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. For they quickly pass and we fly away. It's like maybe if we're lucky, we live to 70 or maybe 80. And if our strength endures, yet, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. Like, like even the best years have pain. There's not a single person in this room that, like, the entire year has been all good. Come on. Like, it's like this, right? You might feel like, like you just, your life is carowinds. You're on a roller coaster all the time. It's ups, it's downs, it's highs, it's lows. There's good, there's bad. <laughs> Verse 11, it says, if only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. What Moses is saying, if only we really understood why you get upset when we mishandle this stuff. If only we could really understand all that you are. And then he says this in verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Like in the light of all this, in the light of, of, of your greatness and, and, and our smallness, in the light of your eternity and, and, and our earthly temporary, God, help us to number our days because the reality is our days are numbered. And that we would be wise. We would be more wise with what we did with our days and our weeks and our months and our years if we truly could never let the reality of time Get off our mind. Like, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That, like, to really leverage time well, we have to understand the realities of it and the confines of it. It's like, you know, we waste so many years because we believe we have so many years to waste. And that's why Moses is trying to say, like, help us not to get to this place where something bad happens or I get diagnosed with cancer or I get told I have two weeks to live to appreciate the days that I have before us. And I read this verse, and it just convicts my heart. And I wrestle with God, like, God, I don't want to teach on this again. I've, I've already taught on this. And can I just say, this series might be for me more than it is for you. I'm just going to invite you to come along the ride with me. Because you know what I want to do? I wish time would do this. Anybody wish you could just do that? Like, just for a moment. Like, I'm... I'm having conversations with my 10-year-olds that I, I ain't ready to have yet. Over Christmas, I'm looking at my children. 
Can I, can I have a dad moment? I'm going to, so shut up. I'm like, what happened? Here we are in this place. Like sometimes you just have those moments and you think, when did I get this old? Or when did this, this happen? And it's like, all right, all right, let's just turn the hourglass on the side for a moment. But unfortunately, it just doesn't work that way. Because there's two realities about time that I've been reminded of. Time is fleeting and time is limited. Time is fleeting and time is limited. You, you, know, you want to know why it feels like time is moving so fast? Because it is. It is. And I know it's weird. You know, I, I, I've told y'all before, I had a guy tell me when I graduated from high school, one of those, those wise, sage, navy blue suit, peppermint in their pocket church members that I grew up with, you know what I'm saying? Um, he told me, he said, Matt, from now on, every year will go faster than the year before it. And man, is it true. Somebody testify. Amen. Doesn't it seem like every year just moves faster and faster and faster and faster. But you know what? God's word has reminded us of this. Like, like God's looking at it like, why are you surprised? I wrote about this. I told you this in my word. Let me, let's look at a handful of scriptures. Go to James chapter 4. Pick up with verse 13. It says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go do this or to that city and spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Don't that sound like us? Oh, in 2019, I'm going to go to this place. I'm going to do this, and I have this goal. And, like, don't get me wrong. Goals are good. Goals are great. You need to have goals, but you need to understand something. Verse 14. Well, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Or how about Proverbs 27.1? Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may be bring. Or Job, chapter 14, verse 5. A person's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed. Like all throughout scripture, we're reminded that time is fleeting and it's limited. And yet we wait until this series like this or some type of crisis in our lives to start really taking advantage of the moment. And, and like as I studied for this and I was prepared for this year, I just reminded like, man, look, we're constantly in these moments where like we're either wishing time away or we're hoping it would slow down. And, and whether you're in either one of those spaces, whether you sit here today and you're in a season that you just want to rush through or you want a season that you want to savor, like, can I be honest with you? It don't matter. It's going to go as long as it goes. And God, God I, I do a word like a lot of us do. I do a word for the year. I'm going to talk about my word a little bit more in depth later on. Because my word is present. To stay in the moment. Because the reality is, you'll do one of two things with time. You'll either steward it well, or you will spend it wastefully. That's the only two options you got. With this one and only life that you've been given. How about this? This is the only today that you're ever going to get. Just think about that in that perspective. Like, you will never get another today. This is fun to, to preach, ain't it? No, not really. This is the reality, though. Like, like you're only going to get, this, will be, this is the only today that you will ever have. Think about how often, like, we, when, when, we, when we realize that reality, we, 
we leverage it better, don't we? Like some of us, we had Christmas, and we know, like, this is the only time I'm going to get to spend with that family member for, for six months or maybe till next Christmas. So let's just enjoy it together. And so, like, because you know the limitations of that time, you lean into it a little bit more, don't you? What if every day was like that? We decided, you know what, this is the only today I'm going to get. So I'm going to lean into it, and I'm going to leverage it, and I'm going to use it. Because the reality is you will either spend today wastefully or you will steward it wisely. And can I be honest with you? I feel like I've wasted more time in, I've, in my life than I've stewarded wisely. And you know what? Yeah, a lot of times I get to an end another week and I'm like, I did it again. Like I got caught up in all the craziness and the busyness and all the demands on me and that kind of stuff. Or, or this is what I find, my, find myself doing. I find myself standing in the lobby having a, I'm going to be real transparent, okay? If y'all don't come back to church, Hope you find a good one. Um, I'll stand in that lobby, and somebody will stop me and want to have a conversation with me. And sometimes I'm standing out there talking to you, and in my mind, I'm somewhere else. And you walk away, and I'm like, who was that? Don't y'all look at me with that judgment. You do it too. Shut up. You do it too. And you know what I think? I just wasted their time and mine. Because I wasn't there. And if you want to talk about resolutions or goals or whatever, is for 2019, what if, we, what if we stewarded this year well? And the only way to steward the year well is to steward the, steward the month well and the weeks well and the days well and the minutes well. The hour, like, like you can't steward a week well when you, don't, when, when you waste a day. When you, wait, you, can't, you can't steward a day well when you waste a moment. And so over the next few weeks, I'm going to try to help us to learn together and unpack. All right, well, what does it take? And so I thought I started in reverse. Like, like what happens when I steward, when, when, I, when I spend time wastefully? What's, what's most often going on when I, when, when I waste time? And what I found is I waste time most often because of poor priorities. Because of poor priorities. See, if you have poor priorities, you will waste time. Can we just be real that, that the key to using your time wisely is investing it in the right stuff, in the stuff that matters? Like the reason we waste time when we pour it into things that don't matter. Poor priorities is the number one time waster. And Jesus encouraged us to pay attention to this. Go to Matthew chapter 6. And I know in Matthew chapter 6, a lot of us connect this verse to money because he's talking about money in, the, in, in context. But I think this is a principle that goes with everything that we have the opportunity to invest. Matthew chapter 6, pick up with verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Like, like, don't invest in, don't pour yourself into, don't give your time into stuff that's gonna eventually fade away. Stuff that's not gonna last. Verse 20, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, Jesus is not just talking about money. He's saying be careful where you invest. More than even, more importantly, where you invest your time, where you invest your money, invest your time. He said you can pour yourself into things that are going to be destroyed, that are, that are earthly things, 
the things that, that bring you temporary pleasure. And that's where so many of us invest. We invest in the things that give us temporary pleasure. Think about how much time, money, energy we pour into things that give us temporary pleasure. That's kind of what happens to us, right? Because those things, the reality is we're looking for significance. You were created in the image of God, which means you long for something. The Bible says that God has put eternity in the hearts of man. Like, we, we long to matter. You, you want to matter. You want your time to matter. You want your life to matter. You can look at me and say, no, I don't, because, they, no, you do. You want to matter. And so you want to pour your things into time, into, into stuff that, that makes you feel significant. And what Jesus is saying is be careful because you live in this fallen, broken world. And you're going to be tempted to pour yourself into stuff that gives you pleasure for a moment. And that's why we get addicted to things like drugs and sex and gambling and, and possessions and material. Like because we, we're looking for stuff to kind of give us that, that fulfillment and that pleasure that we're looking for. And Jesus is trying to warn you, like, be careful. Because you, before you know it, you'll spend your whole life in stuff that won't outlive you. It'll be left here for somebody to pillage over. And Paul... Paul got this because the Apostle Paul, he had spent majority of his life chasing things that he thought would give him what he wanted. And he, and he lists them out in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, pick up with verse 4. It says, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I've got more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church for the righteousness based on the law, faultless. In other words, Paul says, if you think you got reasons to put your faith in the things that you've earned and the things that you've built in your resume in this world, let me tell you something, I've got more. I've done it all. I've built the reputation. I've got the degrees. Like, I've spent my entire life chasing after all these titles and labels and, and all this stuff in my life. Like I've tried the temporary pleasure right. Like I've went after it. And there's so much out there, especially in the world that we like. It's all at our fingertips now. Like we can, we can, we can buy. You can sit here in church and say, listen to me. You can shop. And you can get home in two days and it'd be on your doorstep. And now there, there's a little bit of pleasure to walking home and seeing the Amazon box on the front porch. But Paul says, like, like I've done that. And so many of us, like, like your time is being poured out in the things that just aren't going to last. They're just not. And, what, and, and, and the sad thing about it is some of us are pouring into something that's temporary that feels eternal. Your kids are awesome, but they don't define you. Like, it's so easy to, to look into, even like, even like your spouse. I hope your marriage is for life. But even your, spou that your spouse, as much as, like, you need, you need to pour time in that. But even, even that, like, it's, it's not, like, we, we can pour ourselves out in so many places in so many ways. And I believe... That what God wants us to do is not pour into temporary pleasures, but into eternal purposes. And, and we don't look for people to, to, to give us pleasure. We look for people to fulfill our purpose. 
People aren't built for your pleasure, your, etern- your temporary pleasure. They're built for your eternal purpose. Listen to me. Listen to me. Because see, until you realize this, you'll use people for you instead of investing people for his glory. Come on. This is good. This ain't even in my notes. This is bonus material. Let's go. Um, see, because that's, that's what we think. You know, the problem is, like, we look at people. Here's the reality is pouring into people is awesome. Because the reality is what you do for people is really the only thing that's really going to last. Number one, because people's souls are the only thing in this world that's all et- eternal. So your investment in people has the opportunity to last for eternity. But when you see people for your pleasure instead of for his purpose, you'll abuse them and you'll use them instead of really leveraging time with them the way God wants you to. That is good. Come on. And see, this doesn't happen. This shift in your perspective on people doesn't happen until something shifts in your heart. And it happened for Paul because... Paul met Jesus. See, after that, he says, look at verse 7. It says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, having, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Yes, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. See, Paul says, like, I, I had spent my entire life pouring out every time, all the time I had into gaining things that I thought would matter to me. So I, I spent my time, I, I invested my time somewhere. See, the reality is everybody has priorities. There, a lot of them are just the wrong ones. Notice I didn't say create priorities, I said poor priorities. And priorities aren't seen in what you say, they're, they're seen in what you do. But Paul says there was a moment that everything changed. A moment when I realized all that stuff that I was chasing wasn't worthy of the time I was putting into it. And you know when it happened? When I found Jesus. See, the wrong priorities are revealed when you meet the right person, and his name is Jesus. Because, see, when you meet Jesus... And when he becomes Lord of your life, and he becomes the author of your story, and when he takes up the throne room of your heart, he begins to show you, hey, that doesn't matter. Hey, that place where you're putting your energy and your time, it's not going to fulfill you. Hey, chasing that thing is not going to give you the purpose that you're looking for. Hey, wasting time on that issue right there, like it's not going to change you the way you need to be changed. When you, the wrong priorities are revealed by the right person, and the only person that can reveal those wrong priorities is Jesus. And the reason why is because Jesus gives you purpose, and priorities flow from purpose. See, you can never have the right priorities until you have the right purpose. Purpose, when you find purpose in the person of Jesus, he begins to change what becomes priority. And Paul says, see, I met Jesus, and what used to be important ain't important anymore. What used to matter to me doesn't matter to me anymore. And I'm not wasting my time on chasing all that stuff and worrying about what people think and finding pleasure in all this stuff. Like, I have a purpose now that I know will outlive me, that'll be here when I'm gone. And now I don't see people as something I can derive pleasure from, but I see people as my eternal purpose that I can invest in 
so that this world can be different and have more hope and joy and passion within it. Come on, church. But see, it's not just about having poor priorities. You will waste time when you fail to pour into priorities. You will waste time when you fail to pour into priorities. See, this is what we're good at doing. Everybody look at me. We're good at setting priorities, but terrible at serving them well. And priorities in your life are not seen by what you say. They're seen by how you serve. It's not a priority just because you say it is. It's a priority by the way that you serve it. Does that make sense? Man, this is something that God has revealed to me. So, like, like it's easy to, to set priorities, say, oh, okay, here's this list of things, and, and this is, is, is first on my list, and this is second, and this is third, and like, like to kind of have this hierarchy list of priorities. Oh, Jesus is first. Glory. And then this, and then this, and then this, and then this. But that doesn't, it's not enough just to declare what's important. You have to demonstrate what matters. And it's found not in what you say, but in how you serve. I can tell my wife she matters to me all the time. I can tell my wife that I love her. But if I never demonstrate that, if I never show it. See, love doesn't just speak up. Love shows up. Love serves. What matters is not just in what you say, but in how you serve. You can't just declare it. You can't just say it. You've got to demonstrate it with how you serve. You have to be careful and let leverage every moment. Look, look what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5. Be very careful then. Like, be careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Like, be careful because before you know it, your day will be over and something less than worthy has robbed you of your time. Like, you, you, you can't let this slip. Like, you got to keep it in your mind. Like, you can't just speak it one day. It's easy. You know, I, th- I thought about coming here and like, okay, you can preach that message. Like, okay, church, set your priorities before you leave this room today. Decide what matters. Like, it, it wouldn't be great if it was that simple. But Paul's saying, like, you, you can have this list of what matters and what doesn't, but if you're not careful with how you pour yourself out, how you spend your time, then what you're going to find is the days have gone by, and what you said matters really wasn't true because it wasn't demonstrated by the way that you lived your life. He says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Like, keep the, the will of the Lord like, what is his will for my day, for my moment, for my minutes? Like, keep that in mind. Then some of us really need to pay attention to verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. You know why, you know why the Bible talks about not getting drunk, right? Because God wants to be the only thing in charge of your life, and when alcohol is in charge, the Holy Spirit cannot be. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like, pay attention. Because the sand of your life, 
that represents every moment and every minute, like it's being poured out, and it's being poured out on someone in some way, somewhere. And you don't know how much you got or how much you have left. And if you waste it investing in things that don't matter, you will have spent your life, life wastefully instead of stewarded it wisely. And if we're going to steward it well, if we're going to leverage time to build the legacy of our lives, then we need to be more aware and conscious of pouring ourselves into what matters. And you know, God's kind of given me this thought over the last few days. And when I say it, it it's not going to make sense when I first say it. This is what I felt God speaking in my heart. Matt, don't put me at the front. Put me in the center. Matt, don't put me at the front. Put me in the center. Because isn't that kind of how we tend to do it? All right, Jesus and family and, and this. And, and we kinda, it's almost like we compartmentalize it. As if, as if Jesus is somehow something separate and, out, and, and, and outside of all the other things. But he's saying like, no, no, don't put me in the front. Put me in the center. And everything that flows from you flows from me to all these areas of your life. So in, in, in your family, if I'm at the center, see, in the center is where the supply is. The supply to serve that thing, that person, that area, it well, in a way that brings God honor and glory. He says, from the center. So from me flows how you husband. From me flows how you pastor. From me flows how you father. From me flows how you friend. From me flows how you serve. Like from me, all flows from me into all these arenas of life. So if you want to spend your time wisely, if you want to steward it well, if you want to demonstrate what's priority, don't put me in the front of anything. Put me at the center of everything. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Your life is being poured out with every minute, all the time. 2019 is here. And what will determine the effectiveness and the fruitfulness of this year will be determined by how you spend time. Will you steward it well or you spend it wastefully? It begins with pouring into the right priorities. And the way you pour into the right priorities is allowing Jesus to be the center of every single portion of your life. Is he at the center? See, when he's at the center, everything's an act of worship. Just take some time. Wrestle with God. Listen to his spirit. Hear what he's speaking into you in this moment. Time is too valuable to waste it. Father, I pray that right now, in this moment, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, that minds would not drift, but your, your spirit would speak into the hearts of these people, God. 
Help us to be more aware of this precious commodity that you've given us. Help us to steward it well. Help us to have you at the center of everything that we say as a priority so that we can have the right perspective and the strength to not just say those things matter, but to serve those things in a way that matters. May everything be an act of worship. And may this be the year where something changes drastically in the lives of every person in this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand as we worship this morning. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. To stay connected with what's happening at Vintage, download the Vintage Church app to access sermon notes, events, devotionals, previous podcasts, and discover ways to get connected in community. We hope you join us again soon.